1: This is Fantasy Football
2: Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. At Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy
0: league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is Thursday, August 29th. What's up and welcome to Fantasy Football Today. And I am in a great mood. Dave, Richard, Heath Cummings, Uh, two reasons. Do you know the two reasons why I'm in a great mood today?
2: Probably me and Heath. We're really swell guys to
0: talk to on a regular basis. Okay, four reasons then. Sorry. Eddie Guesses. We're
3: one week away from real football. Yes, that's right. And you love
0: your podcast league (laughs) team from last night. I honestly did not think you were going to get both of them right. I like my podcast league team, but I got an A. CBS gave me an A. I printed it out. I put it on the fridge. I'm very excited Did you get my grade
3: last night? No.
0: Oh, okay. What'd you get? I gave you an S. Oh, oh, you're great for me. <laughs> yes, S for sucks. I did get that, but also Dave Richard got an A plus in yesterday's I did? draft. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, well, you took Saquon Barkley first overall. Tough pick, right there, Dave. Hard to mess that up. Yeah. So did he? Though um, did he? Well, I did it for him, but I, I, I thought you know that's that's what the commissioners commissioners do. In fact, uh, there was a moment Dave missed his first three picks, and uh, he had picks twenty-eight and twenty-nine, and both Kittle and Ertz were on the board. And uh, I thought about giving him both because you know how much he loves tight ends, but uh, tight end. You lover, should have. That would have been the uh, the appropriate punishment. Yeah, I think they were the top two players on his board, but I gave him just one of them. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit about that league if we have time. But today we're going to update you on sleepers, breakouts, and busts, and we're going to read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi We do have a special guest. Um, Coming on today's show, a a musical performance, if you will, later on, the Regulators are coming on Fantasy Football today. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's start, though, with six quick questions. Which player or players are you willing to reach for?
2: I saw this question in advance of the show, and I thought about it, and I have a unique answer. The Bears DST. DST. Whoa. And I know a lot of people are going to take DSTs. You know, you think about taking them with your last pick or your second to last pick. But Adam, we've talked about this. Th- there comes a point, usually in round 12, where you look at what's left and and you make a noise that Heath might make, which sounds like, uh, and you go, I don't, yeah, I don't even know if it's that noise. It's more of the eh than the sigh. And I, I think that's when you look toward DST. And I don't mind being the first one to take a DST. And if it's my fourth to last pick, I'll do it. The problem is that's reaching
3: for them in our draft, but everybody else's draft they have around 8 ADP, and that's why they were actually in my bust column this week, just like Jacksonville was last year. I'm not like if you're talking round 12, when a 14 round draft, what like 15 round draft? Fine, whatever. I'm not going to question that. The odds are the Bears are going to regress statistically. They're not going to score the same number of po- fantasy points or touchdowns. And I would take the field over them. Well, I still have them as my. Of course team. you would take I the I still field have them as my
2: 31 team. Well, if they're going in the eighth round, you shouldn't That's be bad. able to say that. No, I, they I should agree. Be number one. I agree with that. But, you know, I guess I'm just not reaching for anybody then. Dave he? is
3: reaching for no one. He's taking everyone at the appropriate value. Uh, my answer was um, the Hunter Henry, I guess, is who it usually is. But the last of the second tier of tight ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I often, they're not the top player available on my board and they may be a round away from being the top player, but if I'm on the clock and OJ Howard and Evan Ingram are both gone and I look at it and I say, man, I could take Hunter Henry here,
2: or I could be dealing with just take streaming tight end. I'm just going to take Henry and that, you know what? I'm going to change my answer to, to a real answer. And it's George Kittle. What's his ADP? It's round three mm-hmm. and I'm taking him round two with a smile. Right, and I think that that would classify as a reach, Adam. So I feel the same way about Kittle, the way that Heath feels about Double H.
0: Last night, I realized how much I'm willing to reach for a Chiefs running backs, two Chiefs running backs. Uh, I was up with the, in the middle of the second round of a 14 team league, so it was it was around like 21 overall, something like that, and I was going to take uh, Damian Williams. Over Mike Evans. In a 12-team league, I'd take Mike Evans over Damian Williams. In a 14-team league where I fear the drop-off at running back a little bit more, I was willing to reach a little bit. We don't usually see him going around 20th overall, Damian Williams, but I was willing to do it. And then later in the draft, I don't necessarily think I reached, but I took Darwin Thompson, so I am willing to reach a little bit to get a piece of that backfield. Which player do you see yourself just not drafting?
2: Melvin Gordon. Okay. He's number
3: one on the list for me. Yeah, I've drafted him in our last two drafts, I think, but it's been in the sixth round, and I just couldn't. We I'm got not going to gonna fault you for that. Right. I would not would fault you you take him if pick? he was there in the sixth? Maybe. Depends on who else is on the board. I would say David Johnson. I've got him 17th overall now. I've not seen him fall to 17th in any draft, so I would say I'm just not going
0: to get him. He, I've been looking at, Uh, actually, I'll tell you. So we, I, we have four podcast league drafts that are either going on or just went on. Uh, we have the two military league drafts, which are slow drafts. They have two and a half hours per pick, and uh, hoping to wrap up before week one. We'll make sure it does. David Johnson went twelfth in one of them, nineteenth in one of them. In the this, yeah, in the listeners only podcast league that has Ben Schrager, our producer, and Ben Gretsch. So it's not quite listeners only, but I'm calling it that. David Johnson the went eleventh. Yeah, David listeners and Ben's he went eleventh in that league, and then he in our podcast league last night he went nineteenth uh, in a fourteenth. 14th- you know what you
2: are calling that league? What? Bens and friends.
0: Bens
3: and Ben's friends. Benz and friends. And we still have the for the people draft coming up next week. That I yes. can't wait. I've only found twelve people. I'm looking for three more. No, come so on. So that uh That's not funny. I yeah. like it.
0: Yeah. No, I like it. Go deep. I if you do sixteen team leagues, I am just probably not gonna be in it with you. Please do We're a we're
2: rolling league. through a twenty two team league here at the
0: office. Okay. So twenty two teams. Melvin Gordon for Dave, uh David Johnson for Heath. Next question, when are you drafting Ezekiel Elliott? And let me tell you where he went in the four podcast leagues, the military leagues and the others. He went seventh and eighth in the PPR military leagues. He went seventh in the Benz and Friends League, and he went fourth last night in our podcast league. So that is three out of four leagues where Zeke went seventh or eighth. Jerry Jones talking about how they're okay having him fresh for the postseason. When would you take Zeke?
2: I I think seventh or eighth is fine. Uh, The later I can get him in round one, that means the earlier I can take Pollard in round eight, that's that's exactly the plan that I need to have if I'm going to take Zeke in round one. And late round one is a good time.
3: Yeah, I've dropped him down to twelve. I will take with um, eleven or twelve. I will take James Conner over him. I will take the top seven wide receivers over him.
0: Now that was your number one overall player, Heath. So that that is pretty significant. It was. So so how, what do you think right now? I mean, I mean, it, a- it
3: both feels really significant and almost like an overreaction. And then in contrast to Melvin Gordon, it feels like, why aren't you dropping him further? Because Melvin Gordon was my number
2: five player. Because we're more optimistic about right. E.K. Yes. Elliott signing than Melvin Gordon. We are. Um, but we don't have, like, if we were going to line
3: up the empirical evidence for why we feel that way, I don't feel like it would be a very long list of
2: things. No, probably not.
3: Um, it, the, the situations are more similar and growing more similar by the day. I've pretty much reached the point to where I don't expect, and this could be proven wrong in the next 72 hours, but as of right now, I don't think Ezekiel LA is playing week one. And if he's not playing week one, then I'm not sure why I think he's playing the first three weeks.
0: Okay, so this is my take on it, and I want to know what you think. I think that James, that that Tony Pollard could be similar to, to James Conner. I really yes. think he could have that kind of an impact. Yes. So, I, so, but, I disagree but. with that. Okay, okay, so let's—I'll get your, your take on that. But also, I think when Zeke comes back, I think Tony Pollard will probably be fairly useless and Zeke will go back to being Zeke. So I feel like if you're willing to take Pollard around earlier than everyone, then you shouldn't really downgrade Zeke that much, you know, that he shouldn't go much past, like, fifth or something. Uh, if, if you're just willing to lock up the Cowboys' backfield. I agree. Um, That's why I saw
2: him as a first-round pick. And I don't first round, necessarily yeah, but, agree with the Pollard-Connor
3: thing just because a couple of things. One, we had the history of when Le'Veon Bell was out, D'Angelo Williams just got 20 touches a game. The history when Ezekiel Elliott was out was they chopped it up and they used two backs to cover with They didn't have a back that they felt yeah, good about. Yeah,
0: they're talking about Pollard. I have Pollard's a feeling that they so, feel good about Pollard. Also, about I don't so think Tony
3: Pollard's as good as James Connor.
0: We don't know that. I mean, I didn't really know how good James Conner was. It's 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 the situation. Well, all right, fair enough, fair enough. I, I won't belabor the point. I think we've all sort of put you know put our positions out there. Okay, next question: uh, When are you drafting Melvin Gordon? And there was a report yesterday from Eric Williams. Well, a projection from Eric Williams of ESPN that he expects Melvin Gordon to be back for Week One, and then he clarifies it as just a hunch. So at this point, I would we- like
3: to report that I don't expect Melvin Gordon <laughs> to be back for Week One.
0: Okay, Roto World. And what's that. your source?
2: It's a hunch. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's just as good. <laughs> okay.
0: So uh when would you draft Melvin Gordon? Sixth round. What Heath said. All right, next question. Your biggest preseason riser has been blank.
2: Biggest preseason riser. Carson comes to mind. Uh Darren Waller comes to mind because he wasn't even really on the radar until I started talking to friends. Um, Curtis Samuel. Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is a pretty good one. Okay. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard went from guy that I was lukewarm on taking in our dynasty draft to a guy that I'm telling people eighth round is not too early if you take Z. That's probably the biggest riser like if we're going to be literal with the term. Biggest faller? Anybody that got hurt? Andrew, no. Luck.
0: No. The, okay. Okay. Andrew Luck, <laughs> <laughs> he, no. Okay, okay. You know he
2: doesn't. Lamar <laughs> Miller, no, that doesn't work. Melvin Gordon, yeah. All right, good stuff, guys. Royce Freeman for me. This was a good. This was a good question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we've answered it. Vance no. McDonald, not as high on him. Well, as I mean, I, the, I think was. David
0: Johnson is probably the answer for Heath. Uh, I mean, he's pulling he one, one round. One round. We're yeah, talking but about it's, guys. It's that pretty significant. The guy was in, the, oh. in contention for fifth overall. Carlos Hyde.
2: Okay, that's a serious
0: Adam film. hates our answers. Yeah, these, so are, these are well, these are What, that what kind
2: of an for? answer are you looking for? Um,
0: well, I mean, like Amari Cooper, the foot injury for Cooper, I think, has spooked me a little bit and kind of put him at the back of a tier. So I haven't found myself drafting Cooper certainly in the first three rounds. Today's sponsors are Fanduel at fanduel.com/fft. You can get a five-dollar bonus on your first deposit. SeatGeek. Download that SeatGeek app, use the code FFT there, and get 10 bucks off your first purchase. And headandshoulders.com slash NFL. Head and Shoulders one of our sponsors today. Wonderful shampoo. Use it all the time, actually. Headandshoulders.com slash NFL. Every time I shower, in fact. All right, you're going to hear from one of those sponsors right now. When we come back, we'll do some news and notes, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about draft strategy, and then we'll get into sleepers, breakouts, and busts. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. News and notes. Robbie Anderson has a calf injury. Calves are tricky cats. Jimmy Rollins I believe once said <laughs> uh yeah we are we worried about his week one status
2: I wouldn't worry about it yet let's see what he yeah we'll, we'll we'll wait until we it's yeah we're less than a week before our first practice report comes out Adam real Ooh. football's getting real again
0: all right yeah. oh, I I can't stand practice reports everyone's questionable Jarek McKinnon had a setback with his knee so obviously very significant here. And how does it make you feel about McKinnon, uh, about uh, Coleman and Breida?
3: I'm just about ready to just treat it like Jarek McKinnon's probably not playing right. football
2: this year. Okay, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, that's so I took I took uh, Tevin Coleman in round four or five of the 14 team league. I think four. And sure, was, was but was in much... a 14
2: team league, that's probably okay. Yeah, I traded I... Tevin Coleman away yesterday. You did for what? Deshaun Watson. Oh, interesting. Uh, What did you pay for Tevin in that auction? Six or seven. Yeah, okay. Deshaun went for five.
0: Out of 100, right? Yep. Yep. John Gruden says he wants Derek Carr to throw the ball downfield more this season. So we're hopeful for that. We'll see. Washington President Bruce Allen said that uh, Trent Williams, their left tackle, will play and it will be for the Redskins. New England acquired two offensive linemen yesterday. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure we're going to be making their Hall of Fame busts yet, but maybe. Because it's New England, but you know they needed some depth there. Obviously, their centers banged up. Um, okay, Von Miller thinks that Bradley Chubb is going to have a huge season. Now, like, okay, so that's his teammate saying he's going to have a huge season. Not a huge story, but I just want to point out, like, Bradley Chubb was a twenty-sixth round pick in our twenty-seven round IDP draft. Miles Garrett, in comparison, was a ninth round pick. Chubb had a very good rookie year. He could be a star this year. So you just you need to know you, about him. Do
2: you know why he went so late? Because this is a weird thing with IDPs. Chubb is a linebacker. And typically, the best linebackers in IDPs are the guys that get a lot of tackles, not necessarily a lot of sacks.
3: And he's not one of the guys that has DL and LB eligibility? He does not. Just LB? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing to look at in your CBS drafts. Because some of the linebackers have defensive line eligibility. Some do not. Mm -hmm. The ones who do are extremely valuable.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you for clarifying that. Jadeveon Clowney is willing to sit out regular season games, according to NFL.com. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's gonna shadow Tyreek Hill in week one. That's awesome. DK Metcalf's yep. week one status is uncertain. That's less awesome. And we got our first hot hand report. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times expects Bruce Arians to go with the hot hand between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones in week one against the Niners. What about
2: What about the third man?
0: They didn't he didn't mention him in well, at least the headline what on a World. Didn't Dari Ogunbowale. Speaking of which No, they didn't mention him. I have a couple of team name suggestions for you and I want to know what you think. Do you remember the song a La 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 Lo from the nineties? Yeah. How about Girl I Want a Montez Sweat? <laughs> I get it. I Heath, get it. Heath, what do you think about that? Uh no. How about truth or Dare? Okay. I don't like
3: either of those. I can't. I can't say my g- genius one that I came up with last night in the draft room. So oh,
2: okay. why can't you say it? Why? What's wrong with it? We, we can't. Did it, would be? Beep. What's wrong? So uh, oh,
3: I'm no. not sure they've got the beep beeper nah, ready nah, in the control room. No, I
0: don't like it. Um, so so I just want <laughs> I just want you to beeper. know I just want you to know that I I set you up there because girl I want a Montez Sweat is not one of my team names. It was my favorite team name from one of the military leagues. So you just insulted one of our military members and you should be ashamed of yourself. Okay. Let's put i I'm talking to you. Yeah. Let's put a bow on the draft strategy thing that we did yesterday. The pick by pick series. I'm talking 30 to 60 seconds basically for, for this segment here for each of the four slots. I want to know how you build your team picks one through four picks five through eight and picks nine through 12 in a 12 team league. Um, Dave, I'll give you picks we- one through four.
2: So the very first thing I want to do is I want to change it from one through four to one through three. Okay. Because I really think pick four is a lot like pick five, not like pick three. Fair. One through three, you're taking one of the stud running backs. Round two, uh, you might consider a tight end with one of your next two picks. You should probably grab Mike Evans if he somehow sneaks there. In a PPR in round three, you could look at Antonio Brown if you really have to have that receiver. Otherwise, don't be surprised if you start your team with two running backs and one pass catcher.
0: Yeah, be it tight end or wide receiver.
2: Yep. Okay. Either Kittle, Ertz, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, one of those guys. Evans, like I said, if he slips, you've got to grab him at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really kind of hog wild about those those top eight receivers. Different for me, it's weird. And, and I think into in, receivers in a
0: full PPR league, if I have a for a top three pick, I think round three is fine for Edelman. Whereas I don't think that it is in non PPR or half PPR. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, I, I dig it, I guess. Okay.
0: Um, picks five through eight Heath or, uh, four through no four through wherever
3: (sighs) middle of the round. This is like, I am the worst person to do this exercise and this is the worst section of the draft to do this exercise with. (laughs) Uh, so there you go.
2: You want to do this? Well, wait a minute. Why is it the worst section? Because It's
3: very easy to say with the first three picks, you're going to start with a running back. Yeah, the, the top eight receivers are probably going to be gone when it comes back to you. There's a good chance if one of those tight ends are there, you grab. Like I can
2: do the one through three thing. I can do the nine through twelve thing. So here's what, it's what I think: great we should place do. to go zero RB. If I if yeah, if I'm allowed to like step in here for a second, Adam, mm-hmm. why don't we address nine through 12 first and then get into those four through eight pick?
0: Okay, go for it. I know 12.
2: it's out of order, but I think everybody can follow.
0: You're up. Out, out of order. Really mad at, at
2: home during this whole thing,
3: uh, zero RB works best in the nine through 12 range. Just, I want to be very clear. Don't go into your draft thinking I'm going to do zero RB because I have a nine through 12 pick because in our most recent pick by pick series, five running backs were taken and then seven straight wide receivers. And I was picking 11th and I got James Connor in the second round. And there was no way I was taking Mike Evans over him. I hadn't committed
2: myself to the zero RB strategy. You know what you committed yourself to
3: a fantastic start, probably winning the league. I was going to say snips. Snips, seriously, no intentional positional strategy, but zero RB does work best from the back of the draft, especially when it's not one of our drafts where we're taking tight ends in the second round, because often you can start with two of the top seven wide receivers, get one of those tight ends, Ertz or Kittle in the third round, and then pick up Patrick Mahomes at the start of the fourth round. You can't do that in your drafts. Never mind. (laughs) Then get Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods at the start of the fourth round, and you have three of my top 15 wide receivers. You have a top three tight end, and you'll figure the running backs out. But but, hold on, Dave. Hold on. Question. I follow
0: up on that. Do you do that in a two-receiver league with a flex as opposed to a three-receiver league? Do you get – you know, in round four, do you get your flex, your third receiver, or do you go running back in that situation?
3: You know that the answer for me is it depends on what receivers and running backs are left.
0: No, I don't think it should. I mean, I, I think. It's oh, a, it
3: 100 does.
0: I think it's a valid question, though. I mean, do, me. do, do you are you are you more likely? I mean, if you're talking about I will about take two wide receiver
3: receivers versus, earlier in a three wide receiver
0: league. Yeah, yes. I, I know. I just I, I'm much more likely in a two receiver. I think you could go zero RB and wait until round five to get a running back in either format. But okay. Made my point. Um, so, wrap the... And then the question is, when when should Travis Kelsey go in, in round two? Early. How early? And if,
2: if, he, if he somehow makes it... if he, I, I don't mind taking him in late round one if I know I'm going to get a player, either one of the top... Not, not top three, but maybe four, five, six at running back or five, six, seven, eight at wide receiver. One of those back end of the elite tier guys in round two. Just because I want to have tight end covered, that's me. Because I'm a tight end lover, baby.
0: Mm -hmm, I know.
2: Um, But if if you're not going that way, then you're probably going to see Kelsey slip to the middle of round two. And I just think that that's excellent value. If he makes it that far, you should take advantage of it if you're picking in those middle picks. I need
0: to know, though. I I need to know which players have to come off the board. Because for me, all of the top seven wide receivers have to come off the board. And probably like Zeke, James Conner, Nick Chubb. I, I have a tough time between like Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Travis Kelsey. You know, I need to know specifically mm-hmm. when you're taking Kelsey. Fourteenth.
2: I have Travis Kelsey eleventh in non PPR, and it might be the exact eleventh in PPR. Okay, Dave's always going to be the high guy. All
0: right, so so give I mean, me five yeah. through eight real quick. Picks five through eight.
2: Well, it's four through eight, and and I think you can focus on a balanced approach here where. You, you can force your way with zero RB if you really want to. You could go with two running backs to start your team if you really want to. But I think the safest thing to do is target one receiver and one running back. I don't know which it'll be. It depends on how you feel about James Conner, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Those are going to be the running backs that could be in play in the middle of round one. And there's a chance that one of them can make it back to you in round two. And if they don't, there's still Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb should really be in that first list as well. Uh, Joe Mixon could make it back to you in round two. And if that's the case, then you take one of the stud receivers in round one, you start that receiver run a little bit with Hopkins, Julio, Devonta Adams.
0: All right. So listen, and I would just say that we've talked about this for now. Like this is the second year where I think it really makes a lot of sense to go one wide receiver and one running back with your first two picks. If if you're more of a conservative player, maybe it doesn't have to be the case, you know, you could be a risk player and, and do that, but you will probably come away feeling pretty good about your first two picks if you have one each of a wide receiver and a running back. Here's uh, what should be a quick segment. What to watch in preseason week four tonight? And I hope the answer is anything other than preseason week four. But what should we be watching in, in tonight's games? We'll
3: probably be watching the Weather Channel to see if we're yeah here.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I've not
3: I, like, you can kind of sometimes take away who plays. Probably means they're getting
2: cut. Could mean that. Yeah, um, or if it's really the starting unit for a series, it means that the coaching staff just wants to give them one last go before uh, the bullets are real. But for the most part, you, you tune into the game, you see that the backups or third stringers are starting the game, and you tune right out. You're not going to get an idea of anybody's schemes. It's it's a good day to use NFL Game Pass to watch the previous preseason games.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... NFL Game Pass. Go to nfl.com slash football today. Get a seven-day free trial. Catch up on everything. Uh, I think Working Moms uh, comes out today on Netflix, the new season. So you could watch that if you'd like. Power, you know, girl Power it is a great show. Very good show. Uh, we got sleepers, breakouts, and busts. We got some regulating to do. We got your emails to read. We'll take another quick break here on Fantasy Football today and come right back.
2: visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right, let's uh, let's have some fun with Sleepers Breakouts and Busts. Just saw Heath release three new stories, version 3.0. So, I'm not going to read all the names in each column of Sleepers Breakouts and Busts, but a few that come to mind, we just we pretty much never talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, and he's been a sleeper for Heath all off-season. Does he is he going to throw enough Heath cuz he had one game I think with more than 35 pass attempts last year? I know you like volume, and he does it. He didn't have a lot of it last year. Can he really make an impact this year, do you think? Well, there
3: is one thing that will replace a high pass volume, and that is a significant contribution on the ground. And I do expect him to be amongst the top five or six running backs in terms of rush attempts and rushing yards. And he was not a top 12 quarterback last year, but on a per-game basis, he actually was number 12, just behind his week one counterpart, Aaron Rodgers. I don't really understand why a young quarterback that had a great stretch provides value on the ground and will be in his second year in a system isn't getting a little bit more hype, at least in some corners of the industry. He's the number 20 quarterback by ADP on draft day. Um, When Jamie and I were talking about him yesterday on HQ, Jamie said, yeah, but you don't actually have to draft him, right? I've drafted him in several leagues as my starter because we get to the last round. I haven't taken a quarterback yet, and he's my top-ranked quarterback. I expect... If he plays 16 games, he's a top 10
0: quarterback. All right. That's Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, a couple others that I highlighted, Lashawn McCoy. Do you still feel that way after seeing how they use Frank Gore in week three of the preseason? Do you still think McCoy is a uh, sleeper?
3: Yeah, because he's available in the 10th round. And even if they use Frank Gore and it's a semi-committee, Lashawn McCoy's the starter and gets off to a good start, I anticipate, with a very good schedule. Um, I... I think he's most. the most likely outcome is he's a top 30 running back the first four weeks.
0: Sammy Watkins is one of your sleepers. His 16-game pace, based on his nine healthy games last year, 69 catches, which I think would have been a career high. He's not a big catch guy, but 916 yards and five touchdowns on 96 targets. Anytime he got a ton of targets, he was great. And then don't forget in the postseason, Sammy Watkins had 62 yards and a touchdown against the Colts and 114 yards against the Patriots. So, I mean, if you factor those in, his, his numbers are even better. And Watkins is a nice mid-round sleeper that doesn't get a lot of hype, I guess. Um, any, anyone else well, that you really... But- yeah, go ahead. I want to clarify on Watkins.
3: He would not have made the article if he was a true mid-round guy, because I did not include anybody that had an ADP in, on CBS inside of the top 100. His ADP has fallen outside of the top 100. Oh He's a round nine guy now. Wow. Um, Outstanding value. And like you talked about his nine healthy games. I don't think he actually had nine healthy games. He didn't. He had eight. He had eight. And yep. because he had a game against the Rams where he played basically one play, caught one pass for four yards. He had a game against the Broncos where he got hurt early. One target didn't have any catches. That pace was even better than what you said it was. He won't play 16 games. I'm not saying you should expect a thousand yard season. You should expect a thousand yard pace when he plays. And I think as long as he's active and not banged up, you should expect to be starting him.
2: I I think he's better in PPR than non in, in six of the eight games that he played, we're not counting the, the ninth where he left early. Ten or more PPR points in those games. The thing that I don't like about Sammy, he's he, I don't think he's that big play guy, at least not consistently. He's only had four games with over 100 yards in his last two seasons. That's 28 games. That includes the playoffs. He's had 20, 20 games with 62 or fewer yards. It was almost like more of a. You need the decent volume and you need a touchdown from Sammy. He's a good third receiver. Excellent, but the the ADP is is way low.
0: Okay, so just to open the floor up to you guys, who are some of your other favorite sleepers, and we'll move on to breakouts.
2: <clears throat> Darren Waller, Darren <laughs> Waller, round twelve. Get him whether you need a tight end or not. I am just you sell me on Darren Waller. I'm not feeling. He is a he is height. a size speed freak in an Oakland offense that has a lot of components to it, but a quarterback that John Green can talk all he wants about Derek Carr throwing downfield, checking it down to a behemoth like this who can run, he's going to be a very difficult matchup for the teams that they play, including week one against Denver. The Broncos are either going to have to line up Von Miller or Bradley Chubb against him. Or it's Kareem Jackson, and he's got like a 7-inch height advantage over Kareem Jack. What I don't understand, because you're not alone. you are I think you're probably closer now. I think he's going to be a right. real part of this offense.
3: Um, well, 10 might be alone. You might be on an island there. But what I don't understand is with all of these good things about Darren Waller, how was he drafted in 2015, and he has 18 catches for 178 yards
2: in his career? You know his story. He didn't... Uh, choose the right path. I guess you could say when he came into the league and he, he even admitted on hard knocks, he wanted to like self-sabotage his career and started doing as many drugs as he could. And when, when the Ravens put him on their practice squad, even after he was suspended for a year, the Raiders picked him up and John Gruden sees something in him. And I'm, I'm a believer in the Raiders being in a position to throw a lot this year. And I think he's going to be in a great position in single coverage to take a lot of that work away for from the other receivers. And I'm worried about your guy Tyrell because of Darren Waller. And right. the risk is just it's, round 12, that's, that's the, it's round twelve or later. It's round twelve or later. So I understand. If but, you pick him up and you use him week one and he stinks and you want to move on, you're probably streaming tight
3: end anyway sure, at that point. I agree with that completely. I but like that sentiment, I'm worried about Tyrell because of Darren Waller, just looking at their careers does not make any sense to me.
2: But, oh, of course, because this is a completely I don't want to say a completely new player, but a player who's never done it before, but is getting the opportunity. And we've talked about it year after year after year. That's what fantasy is about. It's about those opportunities. And when the talent matches that opportunity, and it looks to me like Waller's got some semblance of talent that's going to get used in this offense. uh, That's when I get excited. And on top of that, he's a heck of a blocker. You can go back and watch the preseason games. He was taking Terrell Suggs out of plays. In the Arizona preseason game, I, I I think he's gonna. I think he's real deal. And in round twelve, I'm happy to take him.
0: All right, give me some more names, some more sleepers, real quick.
2: How about how about a deep sleeper that you've never heard of that you could start week one?
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: Damian Willis, Cincinnati Bengals, gonna be their starting receiver while AJ Green is out. It's a team that is going to certainly use. The, they're they're going to have to pass. They're going to play from behind. Uh, there's oh, that. Let, and there's let, also.
0: Let's do like some more high end sleepers. I do appreciate it. Damian okay. Willis maybe good for fans. I've away. got
2: another one that's a sleeper that you have heard of that you might start week one in a PPR league at running back. Okay. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. Naheem Hines. Because I All think right. the Colts are, you know, we talk about Marlon Mack and he gets lost in the game script when they're trailing. I'm going to say that they're going to trail against the Chargers in week one okay naheem hines you can get what's his adp at heath what do you wow. think after around eleventy right, yeah, yeah way cheap a, an excellent ppr zero rb sleeper
0: all right moving on to breakouts here lamar jackson is one of Heath's breakouts we've heard a lot of lamar jackson buzz uh he says he's going to rush fewer times this season which you know shouldn't come as a huge surprise question right. about lamar jackson can he be your only quarterback would you be comfortable carrying just lamar jackson he
3: was my only quarterback that I drafted last night in a 14-team league. I have no concerns. He starts off with the Miami
2: Dolphins. He's going to be awesome. I have major concerns.
0: He is not a I good passer. I have major passer. concerns, too,
2: but <laughs> I don't mind. I, I I would want a second quarterback ready to go, but you look at the schedule. Week one at Miami. Week two versus Arizona. Week three at Kansas City. Like I, I get that part. I don't want to count on Lamar Jackson to be my guy for the entire season because I don't know if he can last the entire season. And I'm not I'm not sure he's going to break fantasy scoring like Jamie's talked about. I don't know if he's going to be um a, an an amazing fantasy quarterback. I think he can be pretty good, but there's a lot of pretty good at the position.
0: Okay. No, I mean I like him. I just I personally wouldn't be comfortable with Lamar as my only quarterback. Remember um like a month or so ago we mentioned the Lamar Jackson Drew Brees strategy. If you start Drew Brees and only Breeze's home games, and then you start Lamar Jackson and Breeze's road games the the schedule matches up pretty well and you could have a nice combo. It's something that I'd like to try. I don't know if I will, but it could be fun. Uh Leonard the problem for- with that for
3: for regular drafters is, is Drew Brees is a top five top six quarterback. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Not for us. Yeah. I saw him going round four in one of my friend leagues. My home league, I guess you could say, my keeper league. Way <clears throat> too early. Really Leonard close.
0: Fournette. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop choking. Talk about Leonard Fournette. Yeah, please why, don't die. Why is this year different for Leonard Fournette, who's been pretty terrible yards per carry guy, YPC for life?
3: I You don't get fantasy points for YPC. You get fantasy points for volume and for touchdowns. My favorite thing about Leonard Fournette, besides Nick Foles being his quarterback now instead of Blake Bortles, besides John DiFilippo being his offensive coordinator now, is that they got rid of TJ Yeldon, I don't believe they replaced him with anyone that's going to catch passes. They've talked all preseason about throwing the ball to him more. And over his career, he's basically been on a 300-touch pace, 306 carries, 44 receptions per 16 games. It's solely can he stay healthy. If he stays healthy, he's going to have a breakout year.
0: Okay, and then you have DJ Moore as a breakout, and there's been so much Curtis Samuel hype. But does everybody like DJ Moore more than Curtis Samuel?
3: Yes, everyone. yes. No. Okay. There's probably someone that doesn't, but everyone I, here does.
0: I, yeah, but Jamie does, right? Because I, I, I thought I think Jamie still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has it ranked that he way? I'll, I'll he
3: wants to. He wants to like Curtis. Like he loves Curtis Samuel more, but he still ranks <laughs> DJ Moore higher.
0: Yeah. So is there a chance for a legitimate breakout here? I mean, I, I wanted to know if he could really catch a lot of touchdown passes, and based on. Recent history with Cam Newton, who's not a big touchdown guy. Yes, I think I think something like four of the last five years a wide receiver's caught seven or more touchdowns, which is a good number from Cam Newton, even though he's only had one season with more than twenty four touchdown passes. Um so yeah, make the case for DJ Moore as a breakout. I think it's underrated
3: and overlooked how much Cam um, really thrived in his first year in North Turner system as a passer. I expect him to be even better this year. I'm not sure the past wide receiver numbers with Cam Newton are quite as relevant considering the age of Greg Olson and the new system slash offensive coordinator. I don't I got, I. There's a chance Curtis Samuel could be better than DJ Moore, sure, but I'm going to bet on the guy who just had a very, very good rookie season for a 21 year old rookie, and I think he's got 1,100 yard, eight touchdown upside. And there's a little sneaky, little sneakiness both both him and Samuel in that they're probably going to get eight to 14 carries yeah. over the course of the season. Yeah. And Moore can make big plays. We saw that last year.
0: Second most rushing yards among wide receivers for DJ Moore behind only Cordero Patterson. He had 172 rushing yards. Dave, give me just a few breakouts that you want to highlight. Uh,
2: Carson Wentz is one of my favorites. And oddly enough, I I don't find myself drafting Wentz enough. And I it's just because either you take him ahead of me, Jamie takes him ahead of me because you guys have him ranked higher than me, um, but I, I still recommend him as a breakout player. I think he can get 4,500-plus yards this year. I think what the Eagles have done this offseason um, put him, puts him in a position to throw a bunch, and I, I, I think he's on the cusp of an MVP type of year. So he's absolutely uh, one of my favorite breakouts, one of my favorite quarterback breakouts. I think Evan Ingram is a good breakout as well at tight end. You can make the case for him as a 1,000-yard uh, receiver playing tight end and somebody that can score seven touchdowns as the top guy in this Giants offense. So when you see when you see him in round four, even round five, you can't hate on that value. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. And if he can, then he's, he's going to pay off. He's going to be a very good pick for your team.
0: Yeah, in fact, I think in the breakout column, Heath has all three of those uh, mid-round tight ends, Ingram, Howard, and Hunter Henry, right? Yep, all three have a career year. Yeah. All right. It's uh, bus time. Let's take another break here on Fantasy Football today. We are approaching our regulators and email segment. But for now, uh, Fantasy Bus after this quick break.
1: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: all right look at that bus column from heath cummings matt ryan has been a top three quarterback two of the last three years and Heath has him as a bust. Um, he's also been top five three times in his last seven seasons. Uh, top ten five times in his last seven seasons. So where do you have Matt Ryan ranked?
3: I believe he's also been outside the top 20 in two he of has. his last four seasons.
0: And both of those um, seasons were first year with a new offensive coordinator. This year it's a new offensive coordinator for the second time, though. but it's a repeat of Dirk Cutter.
3: I've got him 12th. I feel uncomfortable with taking a strong stand either direction on Matt Ryan. I don't feel comfortable with him as a top five quarterback. The thing that's really determined it, it's been two things. One has been volume, which we saw in 2016 and 17, it was right around 530 attempts. Last year, it ballooned to 608 because their entire defense got hurt in the first four weeks of the season. I don't think their defense is going to be great. I do expect it will be better than it was last year. They have all-star players who just they didn't play last year. The other thing has been touchdown rate. And I talk about this a lot in terms of regression with quarterbacks. Normally, it's somewhat stable. His career is 4.8%. His last four years, 3.4, 7.1, 3.8, 5.8. I can't project him at 5.8. So if he doesn't throw 600 passes, he's not probably
2: going to be a 30- Touchdown guy. And I'll go the other way. I think if Julio stays healthy and if Calvin Ridley stays healthy, that touchdown rate's going to be just fine. We've seen him throw for over 4,500 yards in six of his last seven seasons. And two of his last three, he's had over 4,900 yards. And the year he didn't do it, Julio was hurt. I'm not a huge fan of Devontae Freeman having a re-breakout type campaign. I am a fan of Dirk Cutter. I think Cutter reuniting with Matt Ryan is a good thing. I think the offensive line getting addressed this offseason will pay off. I think Matt Ryan is worth taking as a top five fantasy quarterback. And better yet, if you're in a league with people that maybe don't quite believe in Matt Ryan, people who are like Heath, and that's okay, you're going to be able to wait a little bit on draft day. Put him in with that tier of other quarterbacks like Mayfield, Wentz, Cam, and you just wait until he falls into your lap in round eight, and you'll feel like you're the... Hamburglar, I, like I, you just stole them right from everybody else, and you'll go rubble, rubble, and take the burgers and go back to your pad and just chill because you've got Matty Ice. I want to clarify after that beautiful, beautiful um, analogy,
3: image. Mickey. Image, yes. Um, the reason he's on the bust list is because that is not happening at all.
2: What's not? What the hamburger? He
3: is not falling. He is. If you put him in that list with Carson Wentz and Cam Newton, you'll see him go three to four rounds before those guys. According to ADP, right.
2: That's why. And so uh, that
3: is why Matt Ryan's on
2: the bus list. Not so. Would I you take him? So what? Is, the ADP on Matt Ryan has got to be what? I think he's the number four or five quarterback. He is the
3: number four quarterback. He is going at fifty-fifth overall in the fifth round. Right. So that's right. Um. That's round five.
1: Carson Wentz
3: is going in round eight at pick seventy-six. Oh, okay. So you know where I'm going to come out. Cam Newton this. is going. In, in, no, that's I'm sorry. It's round seven.
2: Cam Newton is going in round eight at pick eighty-eight. Yeah, so I'm going to come out on those guys. I'd rather have those quarterbacks, which is why he was in value.
0: So yes. all right, all right. But I will agree with you in that. But Dave still likes Matt Ryan more than Heath does. But yes, okay. Point point taken for sure. He's not a top sixty pick. You shouldn't be taking Matt Ryan there. Uh, Other busts, guys, go nuts. I'm I'm going to fight back with
2: another quarterback bust and Ben Roethlisberger. You don't lose Antonio Brown and still throw for. We got about 5000 yards but maybe even 4500 yards. My favorite sound on Roethlisberger is that in the 6 years that he had with AB, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback 4 times. In the in the 9 years before Antonio Brown, he was a top 10 quarterback 3 times and he had good receivers to work with and he was throwing the ball a lot even then. And I'm just I'm not sold on Moncree for James Washington or Vance McDonald, picking up all that's left behind from Antonio Brown and Jesse James. I think they're still going to run the ball quite a bit. I think Roethlisberger is going to be good. I can't stand his ADP. He's going ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's going ahead of Wentz and Cam Newton. Yes. I can't get behind that at all. I think that you're reaching if you're taking Roethlisberger as even a top 12 fantasy quarterback. There is just way too much risk for him in my my view. I like Roethlisberger
3: more than Dave. I do think he's a top 12 quarterback. I think he'll throw... A lot more passes than Matt Ryan this year. But I agree completely. He's going in the sixth round as the number seven quarterback.
2: That's too soon.
0: Other busts.
2: Todd Gurley. No. Not ready Not ready to take him until round three. No. We don't know. Disagree. We do, oh, I know. This That's okay. That's what
0: this that's is why, all about. Yeah, that's why he's a bust for you. I got gotcha. you.
2: We, we don't know how his knee is going to react to playing football. He's been practicing. For the last month, he hasn't played in a game. I know he's played in games his whole career, but last time we saw him, he wasn't looking too hot and maybe he'll start the year strong. But at any time, if you've got an arthritic knee, there's going to be some pain. There could be some damage that comes. What what happens the first time a defender goes low on Todd Gurley? He's going to pop up and run back to the huddle. Maybe. Is he going to need help getting off the field? Maybe. And I don't think he's going to get the type of touches he had last year. He averaged 22 and a half touches per game last year. And I think that's coming down. And the track record of Todd Gurley with 19 or fewer touches in a game isn't good. The success rate is less than 50%. And when I say success rate, I mean 10 plus points in non-PPR and 18 plus points in full PPR. I think you have to lower expectations for him, which is why you're not seeing him with an ADP inside the first round. It's a second round ADP. There's enough people out there who agree with me and say that they just can't count on him. And 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 I see it. I can't even take him at round two. I think it's too soon. There are other players I'd rather have. Leonard Fournette could be one of them. Damian Williams is one of them. Kerryon Johnson is one of them. The stud tight ends I'm taking ahead of Todd Gurley. I am nervous about him being a rock-solid part of my lineup all season long. Okay.
0: Uh, Heath, one last bust.
2: Um, we'll finish with uh,
3: a good friend of the show, Jarvis Landry. I don't know how a wide receiver who has averaged basically like seven yards per target is going to be any good at all in a season where he might not see 120 targets. And it's 120 times seven. That's pretty easy math. And that's not even 900 receiving yards. He might score a few more touchdowns, but he's only had one year with even an average touchdown rate. I'm terrified of Landry at just about any cost, especially in non-PPR.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, cool. So uh, it's time for now our Head and Shoulders segment, offense versus defense. And I'm taking a you know, a little bit of an outside-the-box approach to this uh, offense versus defense. I think being on the offensive and taking a possible starter for your team late in the draft or being a little bit more defensive, playing it safe and taking a handcuff. So when is the right time to grab the handcuff for your Uh, one of your top running backs? And would you take a handcuff over somebody like Ronald Jones, who has a chance to be a starter or a crap player? Would you take a handcuff over like a second quarterback? Would you take a handcuff over a guy like Cortland Sutton, who's a late-round pick? Um, You know, tell me your thoughts on when to handcuff the the offensive strategy, which is like, eh, I'm not going to worry about handcuffs, or the defensive strategy, which is let's play it safe, let's lock up that backfield.
3: I'm going to be team offense in this debate. Dave's going to be team defense. Um, But I wish you had given team offense a little bit something better to talk about than Ronald Jones, a second quarterback (laughs) or Portland Sutton. Sutton, Like, I am shooting for uptight in that range. I'm not saying I don't ever take handcuffs. I don't generally, intentionally take a handcuff that goes way outside of where my draft rankings are until the double-digit rounds. So this round eight, round nine... I still think I can fight like, Latavius Murray still has an eighth round ADP. I'm taking Latavius Murray there over any of the handcuffs. Yeah. I am sti- like, b- But I was going we get to round that. 11 or yeah. round 12, then right. you are in the Ronald Jones, Cortland Sutton range, and I might consider it. Okay. Dave? And at
2: that point, I'm looking for other people's handcuffs. Whereas if, if I don't have Ezekiel Elliott on my team and Tony Pollard is staring me in the face from round 12 or round 11 or even round 10... What's the harm? He won't be honestly. I I I I might lose the pick. He might not be anything because Zeke signs. I'm willing to take that risk in round Mm ten. To me, the handcuffs. It's very dependent on who we're talking about. Like I I think there's a real reason to take Tony Pollard if you've got Ezekiel Elliott. I think there's a real reason to take Darwin Thompson if you draft Damian Williams. I don't know. I, I don't think it's as obvious with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, and I certainly don't think you should make that investment. I think the How about this one, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida? Now that we know that Jarek McKinnon might not be available to play who knows when, I I think that's an interesting duo to get. But I also think it depends on just how your draft goes. And if you just find yourself taking, let's say it's round seven, and you've already got three running backs and you take one more, well, you probably don't need Tony Pollard if Ezekiel Elliott is one of those running backs because you've got so many other ones that are good for your team. But if you go zero RB and uh, Damian Williams is, you know, the one running back that you do take through the first six rounds and you get to round nine and Darwin Thompson's there, you don't have a lot of running back depth on your roster. Heck yes, you should back him up with Darwin Thompson. And then at least you've got the Chiefs backfield covered. The Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Steelers. Those are three teams off the top of my head. We can definitely think of some more where you want to get that team covered because there's just so many fantasy points that are there for the take.
0: Gotcha. All right, that is our Head & Shoulders segment. Head & Shoulders, great offense for your hair and defense for a flake-free scalp. Go to headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more. We've got about two minutes left in our video show, and then Heath's going to hop off to book a flight out of South Florida because of the impending hurricane. Um, but I want to make sure you have at least some time, Heath, to do some regulating. So let's get one fantasy regulators here. This is Lucas from Iowa. I'm the commissioner of a 12-team keeper league. I completed a deal with another owner, and the rest of the league is crying collusion slash cheating. I'm the commish. I want to be fair to the league, but I see nothing wrong, and I'm inclined to flex my uh my flex commission, uh, to flex my commission muscles. All right, can you weigh in? Here we go. Uh, I worked a deal with another owner, and I traded for Baker Mayfield before the draft. Baker Mayfield then became a keeper for me keepers were due four days before the draft. And after that, I reached out to a different owner who had the number three pick in the draft. And I knew he'd be interested in Baker Mayfield. He expressed interest, but I couldn't trade Mayfield before the draft as I already put in to keep him. And they're locked in at that point. So he selected Mayfield as a keeper. He could no longer trade him. So we worked out a deal that in the event, if he didn't like who the option was at number three. I would happily trade Baker Mayfield for a player that I would disclose and he would draft for me. It ended up happening that way. I told him who to draft, Miles Sanders, and we announced the trade after the draft ended. The majority of the league was less than pleased and is labeling this as collusion. What are your thoughts? Don't NFL teams do this all the time? I don't know if
2: NFL teams do this all the time, but this isn't collusion. Yes, it is. This is, this this is, is illegal. Trade. No, it's not.
0: You, If you well, are not allowed to trade Baker it? Mayfield... Because he's locked in as your. He's not keeper? allowed to
2: trade him all season long. No, no. He, when can he trade him?
0: I don't know, but he. That is What's a bit the of, date? Okay, I don't, I don't know, but you need. Okay, the now he,
3: is the answer. It's fine, Lucas. No, Adam's it's not wrong. fine.
0: No, it's not fine Ugh. because if you're not allowed to trade, then you're not allowed to make a like a handshake agreement. Hey, you go pick that player, and then we'll make a trade. That's dirty, man.
3: No, you can do that, that but it's not collusion, and that does happen in the in the NFL
2: and NBA. Yeah, collusion but, but they is when don't have rules. Help another team win. This is two teams yeah, doing what the, they think is in the best interest of their... The NBA has a rule that you can't have trades
3: until like does, June 7th.
0: But the NFL doesn't have a rule that says a, like... Uh, the NFL makes those trades, but they, you know, it, it's not the same situation is what I'm trying to say. The NBA does the have a rule, The NFL has though. a rule
3: that you can't discuss other teams' free agents till a certain date, and they all sign at 12.01 a.m. Okay. I'm
2: pretty sure we've heard about deals that happen that yes. become official at at 401. It's been regulated. Yeah. You, uh, you know what? Yeah, it's absolutely regulated.
0: Fine. You know what you need to do is you need to make a rule that if, if you keep somebody, he can't be traded until a certain point or something. I guess. Okay, and
2: then at that point, you absence, make the trade.
0: In absence of that. Well, so what's the difference of that, if that's been that, regulated? If that was Wait
2: for the season okay. or right after the draft. Wait until Saturday, Lucas. Adam, you've never made a trade right after the draft. Keith
0: just made one. He told the This was, this you was on the podcast not in today. the spirit of the rules of the league. This was not in the spirit of the rules of the league, and I think it's a little bit dirty. I completely disagree. Okay, well we have to go for the video portion, but stick around. More regulators uh, coming up after this. Alright, here we go. Regulators part two. From Lewis. Dear Fantasy Regulators, we have a married couple in our league and during the draft the husband helps the the wife pick. We have been in, in the league for eight years and the husband has won it five times. They have made zero trades to each other, but it's almost obvious he helps her during the season. It's a 10-team, two-keeper league. Uh, do we force them to join one team and redraft? Here are some exhibits to help you decide. And then he actually attached some like videos and pictures of, of the husband helping the wife. <laughs> but the thing is, he says that the husband has won the league five times, not the wife, and they've made zero trades to each other. So I don't know that like, there's a problem here. I don't know. I, I am sure
2: that they talk about the league when they're home alone. And, uh, you know... I, I, I don't think there's any reason to suspect collusion, especially if they're making zero trades. I think that that is a helpful point here, and I, I'd say it's it's fine. Now, if, if the league really has a problem with it and there's someone ready to take the place of one or both of their teams, then maybe you bring up the idea of them sharing a team, but maybe they don't want to share a team.
0: Yeah. no. Maybe huh? they
2: want to play against each other. I'd like to know what their record is against each other and yeah, whether that's or not a good question. Any chicanery going on with their lineup setting when the husband plays the wife? Like, you know, is, is Saquon Barkley getting benched when the wife plays the husband? If that's happening, that's wrong.
0: That's been regulated. One more here from Brett in Beer City, USA. Dear Charlie, Emilio, and Lou. Who's Lou? Are they like all brothers? Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez are brothers. I don't know. Two um, diamond flips. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Okay, in a three-person keeper league, uh, which has not drafted, some fool, a Lions fan, dropped Nick – I don't know why that's relevant – dropped Nick Chubb, making him a free agent. I proceeded to pick up Nick Chubb. I spent $15 of fab on him. That's it? Yesterday, our commissioner emailed me telling me that free agent pickups were not allowed and asked me to drop him, and he'd put my, my fab money back. I view this as no different than making a trade. Am I right or wrong here? You're so wrong. You cannot do this.
2: Well, the commissioner is the one that enables free agency to begin. Yeah. So he was eligible. And the fool, I, I, I like how we put lion's, lions fan. fan. Like that, that, that constitutes that you're automatically a fool, I guess. Uh, I,
0: I think it's totally fine. I think he should no, keep him. Oh, no, no. You can't Adam like you cannot let someone. He didn't do it on purpose, obviously. Nobody else was bidding, or else he would have gone for more than fifteen dollars. Give me up unless it's a thirty dollar budget. I would have spent eighty percent of my budget on Nick Chubb. Okay, there is so no he, reason why this guy should have Nick Chubb. Adding and dropping is not the same as making a trade, not at all.
2: Here's the solution that I would do then. If you if you go that route, if you're the commissioner, that's fine. Let the let the fab take place again with Chubb, but. Uh, Brett gets to match the
0: final bid no. if he wants to. On uh, you guys have been so wrong today about was, regulators.
2: No, no chance. Why should he be penalized for somebody because else's mistake? This is not the rule.
0: You don't get the bad drop players during the off season because the commissioner forgot to turn off free agency. All right, no, he, the the
2: player got dropped because he wasn't a keeper, and so yeah, but when that, he became but available know, and
0: free agency was allowed, but it's not allowed. They, they, they haven't drafted yet. They haven't drafted yet. I thought we were. I thought we were ending the regulator segment, which is why I played the music. But apparently, we're still regulating. They haven't drafted uh, they yet, so so you shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't be able to just add free agents. Like obviously, Nick Chubb is going to be okay.
2: I guess you know what? Maybe I'm right. They haven't drafted yet at all. No. Okay, I'm taking it back. Uh, thank right. you. He's got to be eligible to be drafted first. Right. Exactly. If the, draft, if the draft had happened and then Chubb got cut for whatever reason, maybe because the guy's a fool and a Lions fan, then then I think the commissioner's in the wrong.
0: All right, Dave, Uh, Alliance fan. Rapid-fire emails here. John from a city in western Washington. Tacoma. I picked Dak Prescott in the 12th. Should I stick with Dak, or should I pick up Brady, Darnold, Garoppolo, or Stafford? Four-point per passing touchdown league.
2: If he's your only quarterback, you might as well stick with him. He's got the Giants in week one. That's a great matchup.
0: Yeah, I actually like him a lot more in four-point, so I think, you know, you're good there. Uh, AJ, a city outside Seattle.
2: Vancouver. Uh, It's a little outside, way outside.
0: Dear Chucky, Jason, Freddie, and Michael, and I'll go ahead and rank those horror movie villains, Michael 1, Freddie 2, Jason 3, Chucky 4. With the coaching change in Minnesota at the end of the year, uh, the Vikings passed way less. Why is Adam Thielen being being drafted like his stats at the beginning of last season and not the end of last season?
2: Because he's really, really good, and he may end up being the number one receiver for Minnesota, but I... I, I part of the reason why I'm into Adam Thielen as much as I am, and I'm not really all that into him, is because who else are you going to take to be a borderline number one, number two fantasy receiver?
0: I like him a lot. I like him a
2: lot better than Diggs. You know, I don't. I don't think he's going to do what he did last well, year. Well, no, he have a bunch of hundred yard games and seven in no, a row. Was that what his, it was? I can see his numbers yeah. coming down, for sure. But he, again, you can't, you can't make the case for a lot of receivers to be in that top eight group. You can do it for Antonio Brown. I think in PPR, you can easily do it for Keenan Allen. T.Y. Hilton versus Adam
0: Thielen? Now? No, because that's nobody.
2: You've got to take Thielen.
0: Of course. No, nobody's making that decision. If you take Diggs, then you're
2: expecting Diggs to have a career year.
0: I I mean, I don't think Thielen's being drafted like he did at the beginning of the season, because if that were the case, he'd be the first wide receiver off the board. Um, So there is a discount there. Okay, from Brad, in a and I just want to add one more thing. They did run the ball more. In those final games, they had two blowout wins against, I think, the Lions and the Dolphins. That contributed to somewhat of the lack of pass attempts. Okay, Brad in a fictional southern county.
2: Oh, because he's doing uh, the. Uh, Bo, Luke, Dukes Roscoe, and Hazard Boss? Game. Yeah. I don't know the
0: yeah, county it's the they county. were doing. Okay. I'm drafting at the. Uh, oh, is Hazard County? Is that what it was? Pretty sure. No, it makes sense. Never seen it.
2: The Dukes of Hazard.
0: Yeah. Ten team half PPR league. I'm picking at the end. I'm keeping Nick Chubb. I'm considering pairing Nick Chubb with Melvin Gordon and or Kareem Hunt because of the impending return of Kareem Hunt. Now, I understand the Kareem Hunt thing, but I actually do think pairing Chubb with Melvin Gordon is pretty damn interesting. Uh, what you know? Because the whole late season thing.
2: Mm, I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't think that's worth the draft capital.
0: Okay. Uh, from Pete, Singletary or agumbawale Because it right. it's Pete. <laughs> Singletary or Agunboale? Late, late round Singletary. pick. Singletary. Okay. Liam in Denver. I drafted TJ Hawkinson. Um, would you drop him in PPR for any of these guys? Olsen, Burton, no. Reed, Rudolph, Graham, no. Mark Andrews.
2: All knows. Sick with Hawkinson.
0: Carlos from a city south of Brazil.
2: Uh I don't know. <laughs> south of Brazil. Yeah, we how much farther south of yeah. I don't know.
0: But that's uh, in Brazil. The South it's Pole. South... The south pole. Right.
2: He's in the South Pole.
0: Hi, Ronaldo, Romario, Kaká, and Rivaldo, those are soccer dudes. I've decided to wait for a tight end and get Howard or Ingram in round five. Is that really waiting? Not not really. But I had the fourth pick and I took Hopkins. Kelsey was available in the second round, so I couldn't resist him and I took him. But now I'm afraid of my running back situation. I got Fournette in round three, Montgomery in round four, and Coleman in round five.
2: Oh, it sounds so scary. Did I do the right
0: thing picking Kelsey over Carson or Freeman? So in other words, the combination of uh, Kelsey plus Fournette, Montgomery, and Coleman, as opposed to, let's say, Carson, Fournette, and Montgomery, and then Evan Ingram.
2: I love what you did, Carlos, wherever you are. Um, Kelsey in round two is a steal. We talked about this earlier in the podcast. It's just really good value getting him there. And your running backs are really good, too. Fournette in round three. Montgomery, I think, has great potential. And Coleman in round five, I think he's got good potential, too. You did it the right way. Well done.
0: Dave and Flint drafted both Kamara and Latavius Murray. Do you feel comfortable starting both of them? And are there specific weeks that that would be smart to, to start both Kamara and Murray?
2: I think most weeks it's okay to do, especially if it's non-PPR. They start the year against Houston. That might be a little rough. At the Rams, that'll probably be a little bit better. At Seattle, a little bit better. And then Dallas at home in week four, that'll probably be fine. I, I'm okay with it. I, I And that's kind of the brush that we paint Latavius with anyway is he's, he's a great running back to have on your bench, but good enough from week to week if he's truly in the Mark Ingram role to be a non-PPR
0: flex. From Lucas from Oil Stadium. Dear Dare, Peyton, Ronald, Bruce, and Andre, I am the Camara owner in a 12-team half PPR league. I was just offered Latavius Murray and Royce Freeman for Duke Johnson and Tony Pollard. Would you give up Duke Johnson and Tony Pollard to get Latavius and Royce Freeman as the Camara owner?
2: I am, not, I am not a fan of Freeman, and I think if... it No, I'm not doing the trade. I, I know why, because you're getting Latavius Murray and you're quote-unquote handcuffing Camara... I wouldn't do it but if you want no I wouldn't even do I will not even do duke for latavius in a half PPR. Okay. I think would I do okay. Pollard straight up for Latavius Murray? I think I would. Oh,
0: yeah, in a second. Yeah. From Robbie 14 I'm, team PPR keeper league, I have the first overall pick deciding between Josh Jacobs and Damian Williams.
2: Oh, and it's PPR. And it sounds like Oh, keeper! so you can keep him for a long time. Not dynasty, but same thing. Yeah, I don't mind taking Jacobs over Williams with the idea that you'll have Jacobs for several years. What we don't know it, how what long. What if it's just for one Damian. year? Uh, if it was just for one, I'd go Damien. But we don't know how long Damien's going
0: to have this job
2: for. Okay.
0: From Lawrence, 12-team half-point PPR. My first three picks were McCaffrey, Damien Williams, and Chris Carson. Should I worry?
2: Worry about being too awesome running back.
0: <laughs> Worry about drafting three running backs with his first three picks.
2: You know, if you have to start three receivers, you're going to be hurting. But if it's only two receivers and a flex, I think you'll be fine.
0: All right, Dave. That's pretty much going to do it. Thank you, right. everybody, for the emails. Thank you, Dave, for, uh, for hanging around overtime here. And for all of you for listening, preseason week four is tonight. We'll recap anything that's worth recapping, but we'll also do some ADP review. And tomorrow on the show, Ben Gretsch is coming on to tell you about great values in ESPN and Yahoo drafts. So that is always a very exciting segment, very very helpful stuff. We will talk to you then. For Dave, I'm Adam. na, 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 na.